Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Ray and Brad here. As, as always, we enjoy uh, spending a little bit of time with you uh, every week here at The Advertising Show with, uh, of course, uh, news and information and a lot of great uh, content. Uh, not to mention, uh, we've got Jeremy Kent, our European correspondent, coming up here in just a few moments. But uh, today out of Fort Worth, it's uh, Misty Locke, who is uh, president of Range Online Media and chief strategic officer. I have uh, I prospect Misty is the uh, president, as you said, of uh, Range and the uh, chief strategy officer for iProspect, one of uh, Fast Company Magazine's 25 women business builders. Uh, top 25 women built business builders and it has vast range online to become a leading search marketing and interactive agency. Uh, we'll tell you more here about uh, Misty here in just a few moments. She's in Fort Worth, which happens to be an incredibly, incredibly nice city. Brad, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great and uh, great to be here another year and another post-Super Bowl. What's been said about the Super Bowl that we can add to it? Not a whole lot. We used to but talk about But let's go ahead and attempt that, Brad, because I think we have to. Well, <laughs> I, will say, I will say only one thing, a couple things. Yes. Uh, you know, poor Aguilar, uh, Christina, yeah, I know she was nervous, but, you know, if she just would have looked up at the uh, Jumbotron, she would have seen the words up there, right? It happens in every stadium. <laughs> she, she teared up. Okay, come on. She, was yeah. a, she got verklempt. But, but what I was going to mention is uh, many years ago, for those that have been following our show over the past 10 years, they know that many, many years ago we used to talk about our puzzlement with why – Super Bowl advertisers would spend such money on not only the spot time, but more mm -hmm. importantly on the production, and only air those spots once. And we never understood why that was. Well, fast forward to 2011, and not only do they sometimes preview them online, but they post-air them after the Super Bowl. So uh, without knowing what YouTube and all that would have happened years ago, it was pre-YouTube commentary. Yeah. The question we always had about why aren't they airing them, I guess they finally came around. A few years ago, they started airing their Super Bowl spots and some of the championship playoff games, which I thought was a smart move. I don't know if it took the economic downturn to get people to wise up about taking that money and spreading it on into the future. If it just logically made sense that if you're going to air a spot, and it's a good spot, mm -hmm. most spots are good spots if they're on the Super Bowl, except for this past <laughs> Super Bowl. But if they're good enough to be on the Super Bowl, why not air them on, on past the Super Bowl? Of and course. now they're doing. And they've been taking advantage of, of, of uh, social media as well. Uh, the, uh, the, there was a Texas spot that, run, uh, that ran, you know, and encourages people to go to uh, various places on the web and such. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's as all as bad as you uh, say that it is. I thought there was some good stuff there. Uh, it's always a, a, a mystic uh, place to run a whole bunch of commercials that cost a whole too much money. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. But here's the good news, Brad. It was a good game. Okay. Well, that's whether true. you like the Green Bay Packers or the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. And how many Super Bowls can you say? Well, at least it was a Good game. 
Uh, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, but it, it, the spots have been talked uh, well beyond, uh, uh, you know, uh, well beyond their range of uh, interest as well. So but, let me let me ask you this. I, I was mm-hmm. talking to an Apple uh, service rep handling an iPod issue a few days ago, and he was kind of a, a, a good uh, pulse on Joe Sixpack out there. And the way he said it, we were talking about the Super Bowl and the commercials without him knowing my interest Mm -hmm. and he said uh didn't you like because i told him i thought many of the spots were lame whereas it used to be most of the spots in the super bowl were outstanding but he said didn't you like the darth vader spot and i said i thought that was pretty good and and then he said i really liked the vw spot that had the beetle in it and i thought it was interesting that he identified one as a character without mentioning the advertiser and the other one Mm -hmm. as a vw spot with the beetle the bug both the beetle and the car and interestingly enough the darth vader spot do you recall the product no i really don't no no. volkswagen volkswagen so there's an example that he's referring to both the same brand but knows the one brand in particular the beetle with Volkswagen and mentions it, and the other, the Darth Vader uh, character itself, overshadows what the product was. The theme here, uh, our studios and offices, is it appeared everybody was trying just a little bit too hard. You know, yeah, come on, I now. would agree with that. And and well, when you get right down to it, isn't that the opportunity to try real hard? I guess that's more of a of an <laughs> no. award winning thing. You, you mentioned Joe Sixpack before, and I have to bring this up before we uh, hook up with. Uh, Jeremy Kent, you and I both enjoy uh, a good beer. I'm talking about a beer that might be uh, uh, more than a, a, a 50 cents a bottle or something like that. Well, and first, and first of all, we've never enjoyed a beer before. True, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But now, uh, regarding Joe and his six-pack, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, a Buck Range Light or Big Flats. and uh, <laughs> I've never heard of that. Well, that's because... Um, Super Value, the uh, third largest U.S. grocery chain, began selling Buck Range Light, a low-priced domestic brew. Back in December, it's their own private label brew. Hmm. Uh, Not to be outdone by our good friends at Walgreens, recently offering Big Flats 1901 for as little as $2.99 a six-pack. Hmm. Uh, honey, can you get me a beer? Uh, Two ninety nine a six pack. Big Flats nineteen oh one. Basically, uh, retailers trying to tempt shoppers with low price alternatives. Thank you very hmm. much. Have I'll stick tried? to my no, no. <laughs> I might just out of curiosity. Uh, <laughs> but then again, I've tried Pearl Light, which is a Texas beer. That's just one up from a carbonated water. Um, yeah. So it's there's not much there, but uh, and, and that's not to offend the big fans of Pearl Light, okay? But right. I thought that was really funny. So you can have uh, Big Flats 1901 or Buck Range Light. It's cheap. It's good. It's at your local drugstore. That's hmm. kind of appropriate, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> anyway, are you and are you saying Butt Range or Bud Range? Bud Range? No, no, no. Buck Range. B U C K. Buck. Buck, Buck. Range. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and that other thing, flats, uh, that, that's an interesting that's choice a bad, of a... That's a bad name for beer. <laughs> yeah, why would yeah. you have the word flat in your Well, it says, it says it right on the can. You have to shake it first, so it's fine. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Misty Locke is our guest out of Fort Worth. Uh, Misty Locke, we're going to talk about uh, Range Online Media. We're going to talk about iProspect, a very interesting company. Uh, she has won numerous awards, been on uh, some uh, really cool shows, including ours here. The Advertising Show, which is being powered by Shippel.com. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com, and it's a platform called Tendency and more at Shippel.com. Jeremy Kent is here, right here, right now. Let's listen. 
Hello and welcome to London Soho for the European News Desk. I'm Jeremy Kent. This week, Honda puts a little fun into its communications, London 2012 is on sale, Mumsnet goes commercial and Saatchi's challenges candidates. Honda is the first to launch a TV commercial that interacts with an iPhone app through sound syncing technology. The 60-second commercial created by Whedon & Kennedy first aired in the UK before rolling out across 29 international markets. The iPhone component was developed by Gravity Mobile and enables users to swing their phones at the TV and catch the animated characters featured in the TV commercial. The app recognises the ad soundtrack and that triggers the character to appear on the user's iPhone. The organisers of the London 2012 Olympics are preparing to fire the starting gun on ticket-based promotions. On the 15th of March, official tickets will go on sale, but major sponsors will not be able to offer ticket-based promotions for a further six weeks. During that period, the Games organiser, LOCOG, will be running its own comprehensive sales campaign. After that six-week period, the major sponsors are expected to scramble hard as they seek to capitalise on the momentum built up by the official campaign. Parenting website Mumsnet was established 10 years ago and now with over one and a quarter million users it's become a major influence on everything to do with childcare. So much so that all the political leaders were keen to be interviewed live on the site's forum during the last election campaign. Eager to grow its commercial operation, Mumsnet is licensing its brand for the first time through consumer-driven awards. Brands that receive strong customer reviews on the website are invited to pay to enhance their product's review page with information, advertising and photography. Those brands will also have the right to use the Mumsnet logo on their websites, products and marketing material. First to benefit from the new scheme are Lego, Ikea and BT. Finally, Saatchi's is using social media to filter graduate applicants this year. Candidates for the agency's summer scholarship scheme have been tasked with attracting as many Twitter followers and retweets as they can over an eight-week period. This is just the first of four challenges to be completed by the interview stage in April, from which ten candidates will be awarded a Saatchi scholarship. This is Jeremy Kent at the European News Desk for The Advertising Show. Jeremy Kent, and he tells us that we have funny accents. I don't think so, Jeremy. Uh, it's Ray and Brad on The Advertising Show with our special guest out of Fort Worth this weekend. Misty Locke is president of Range Online Media and chief strategic officer at iProspect. Uh, and she has, uh, has basically served as the president of Range Online since she co-founded uh, the award-winning company in '01. She has also led the company's strategic direction and growth since its inception and through its recent acquisition by Aegis PLC. Under her leadership, Misty, uh, uh, basically Jupiter Research, named Range as having the highest average client satisfaction rating. That's cool. In the search marketing industry for the past four consecutive years. Locke is also uh, active on agency and uh, search advisory boards for Google, MSN, Yahoo!, and is passionate about creating an industry environment of accountability to marketers and consumers. That's what we all like to hear. Uh, Misty, it is so nice to have you here at the Advertising Show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, just a little company, Ray. Generated over $5 billion in online revenue, received the highest average client satisfaction rating in paid search industry, about, according to Jupiter Research, for the last four consecutive years. Other than that, their clients are all pissed off and they don't have any revenue. So Yeah, I what a shame. They, maybe they could learn something about it. Maybe yeah. Gittimer has something for them. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Well, Misty, welcome to the show. I wanted to ask you, uh, as Ray mentioned, you currently preside over Range Media Online as president. You're also chief strategic officer at iProspect. So one job isn't enough to keep, your bu- keep you busy? Is this what we're saying, Misty? <laughs> yes, that's basically what we're saying. After, after all that we've done here at Range as we, as we you know, incorporate into iProspect uh, under the Aegis uh, umbrella, I just, I just needed more to do. It was getting kind of, um, kind of easy with the great team we have here in the Range offices. We have over 150. 20 people, so I needed more to do. Well, you know, they make a medication for that. It's uh, for the ADHD stuff, Misty. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. You know, Misty, you came to the uh, attention of one of our producers with a pitch uh, from some of your people about an 18-month study, the Lux Group of uh, Range Media. Uh, range, uh, can I just call them Range or Range Media? Range yeah, on just, me- range, is, range is fine, absolutely. Range okay. is fine. Uh, well, apparently the Lux Group of Range had commissioned uh, a study, and before we talk about some of the findings, give us a little background on the 18-month study by Lux Group. Oh, absolutely. So this was a study we did last year, and um, I, I actually don't have it in front of me to give you some specifics, but I can tell you based on my memory, we have a, a very large clientele base, uh, a retailer base, and um, a majority of them are in the luxury brand category, in the prestige brand category. Um, and so as we were going and looking at their their struggles online, their, just, their struggles offline, and just trying to help them find solutions, when you look at most research in the industry, it, it, most of it groups retailers together, travel. Sometimes they're segmented from big box, you know, when you think of the Walmarts and Best Buys, but very little has truly been done over the last few years. Um, or, you know, I guess over the last few years it's, it's, it's increased. But before that, not much has really been done just for that market. And that consumer is a completely different consumer than, than, any, other market, than any other consumers out there. Um, and so over the last few years, as they've become more active from the from the brand side and participating online digitally, there have, there wasn't much out there to help guide them to say what was the norm. Are are you exceeding expectations? Are your programs you know outperforming others? Um, the luxury brands were some of the slowest to come into did, you know the digital world, but if I look at them now, I think that they are some of the most advanced out there. So the study was really to address some of those questions and to say. First, here's some real research that we've done with our clients and others, uh, not, not even um, in our client base, but out there, uh, other brands similar to yours. Here's what they're seeing. And it was during the economic downturn and um, when most people weren't seeing, you know, were, were having, you know, no sales coming into their stores. What did that look like for the luxury brands offline and mainly online? And how were they weathering that storm? So that was the intent of that study. Well, uh, and again, by full disclosure, you don't have the study in front of you, so let me get your opinion on this. In in, in 2009, your study reported a season increase of almost 25% with revenue for luxury retailer sites increasing 32% during this time frame. So with the holidays behind us recently, I'm curious, uh, Misty, have the results of your study held up against online holiday luxury good transactions, or is that data in and available yet? Uh, you know what? We are actually finishing that report as we speak. We're going to release another one coming out soon. But I can tell you just based on the numbers I'm seeing, if you're asking me, are we still seeing an increase in trends in the revenue during the holiday? Is that the specific right. question? Yes. Yeah. I, I would say it was it was entirely impressive to see what was being done this year online. I think it was one of, um, one of the strongest years we've seen um, due to retailers and especially the luxury 
group had to get very smart in the last year about how they managed their programs. They had to become far more advanced. We had a lot more to accomplish revenue-wise and, uh, and getting to know our customers and consumers and engaging with them with far less dollars. The, the yeah. same dollar amount spent this year, or I'm sorry, I guess over the last year, it was not comparable to years in the past. But we still had extreme revenue goals to hit. And when I say we, I don't just mean range or I prospect for these clients. I mean we as in partnering with them as a brand and helping drive their e-commerce as a whole. Um, so I, I think everybody will be really impressed and excited when the study releases. But, um, yes, you'll see click-through rates sometimes increasing. But with, with programs run smartly, a large decrease in many areas. You'll also see in the study coming out a variety of different uses of different digital medias across mobile, uh, you know, the tablet and the iPad, um, and just getting smarter in personalization, which is really driving the, the consumer engagement and, and increased revenue. So 2010 was up over uh, 09. Is that what you're su- suggesting here? Yes, I would say as a whole, yes, that is correct. And I'm trying to think through right now to, to make sure that I'm not saying anything inaccurate, but... I can't think of a client we had that didn't exceed holiday revenues year over year. Uh, I think the lowest one that I recall seeing in the study was something like, uh, and, you know, I'll get this accurate for the release, but I think it was 37% was the lowest mm-hmm. increase we saw over last year. Wow. And that's still a pretty significant increase. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, as we come out of the, uh, you know, as we're entering a better economy and we had better sales overall for Christmas and I saw an increase, uh, data increasing uh, or demonstrating that we had an increase of online activity in general, I guess it's really no surprise that uh, the Lux uh, goods uh, category would have also increased and I think uh, parallels just overall uh, improvement of the economy. But let me, as a final question, this segment before we wrap up, get a, get an answer to uh, an interesting uh, thing that came about from the white paper that you guys provided luxury retailers, the so-called new rules, which I guess were guidelines or suggested strategies for 2011 and 2012. And I was wanting you to share a little bit with our listeners uh, the new strategy luxury retailers should be implementing for the near term according to you guys? Well, well sure. So um, I, I think uh, some of them will be refined. I think many of them from that old report will still stay true. Um, you know, understanding your consumer is the first thing that you can do uh, and making sure that you are targeting them. You mentioned in your opening segment uh, the, the difference in the Volkswagen commercial, people calling it the Beetle one or the Darth Vader, uh, you know, commercial. And it, it really is true to how even the luxury well, most brands are, are um, advertising these days. It's with the personalization. There used to be one message that went to everybody, and if you look, everything's changing um, to, to target a certain end consumer for their needs at the time. So I think understanding your consumer, understanding how your brand needs to interact with them, uh, and, and, and in which, which medium. So what I mean by that is um, it's, it's no longer okay to just say you have one strategy across every platform. Um, there really truly is a 360 approach that has to happen. Um, and, and, and so understanding mobile, understanding social, understanding search, display, even understanding out of home. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking, you know, um, TV commercials. I'm talking the true out of home billboards and, and how engaging they can be. I, I, having a large picture and how that's all utilized, that, that's going to be a trend that I think has to be focused on uh, more than anything going into the next few years. And then, you know, I could rattle on forever about all these different steps you need to really prioritize. But the third, I would say the most important is 
um, your analytic strategy and your your understanding all the amounts of information that are coming in, all your data points, and having a true um, direction in how to bring that in, analyze it, and, and truly see which touch points are driving your revenue so you know how to budget accurately. And um, so there, there are some points I can touch about later on that if you want, but I would say having a true um, focus on improving your reporting and analytics uh, package that you have. Misty Locke is our guest uh, today. Misty is president of Range Online Media and chief strategic officer at iProspect, iProspect.com as well. Check that out too. As uh, we listen to the advertising show and invite you to stay with us for a couple more segments here as we continue our conversation with Misty. Here's Rain Brown on the advertising show. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. No matter what shape your stomach's in. Welcome back to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I knew there was something I really liked about Misty. She is a, a graduate of uh, the University of Texas, and that makes her just an all-around wonderful person. So congratulations on that. What a, what a great university. Misty, Misty Locke is president of Range Online Media and chief strategic officer at iProspect. We're talking about both companies and, and a lot of the things that they've really gotten into uh, that might scare some advertisers and agencies out there. And on the other hand, some of the other ones might say, you know, this is about time this stuff is happening as well. But, uh, you know, thinking, uh, I was thinking about uh, NetJets. Uh, uh, it's a marquee jet uh, company. I think it's a Warren Buffett company, if I'm not mistaken, Misty. But uh, they're one of those luxury entities that uh, seems to be growing once again. They put a new uh, person in charge out of Columbus, and uh, they sold a whole bunch of jets, and now they're buying an incredible amount of uh, new jets. So apparently they're seeing some uh, upturn in the luxury market as well, but they're going there conservatively. I understand you have a kind of a, a friendship with those folks, huh? <laughs> I don't, uh, maybe probably not the friendship I would like if they wanted to give uh, a jet or allow me to borrow one from time to time. That Now, that's a friendship I'm looking for. That but would be good. No, but actually, uh, they actually, they hosted a, a wonderful Super Bowl party here recently that I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited to and had a great time. But I, I do think your assessment is accurate about their increase in, in uh, not only advertising, but just their brand being known. And um, the, the jets, the increase in sales you're talking about, um, I believe, uh, I don't know if it was a marquee jet, but a, there was a jet recently acquired via, uh, via mobile purchase, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. Wow. <laughs> Love technology, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I would like to know who can buy a jet via their mobile phone without you know thinking about that twice. But. You've got a, a large limit on your black, American Express black. That's fine. Brad, go ahead. <laughs> Make sure your tray table is in its proper position. Yeah, I was going to ask if, if, <clears throat> if they served uh, like peanuts. and uh, No, but NetJets would be serving a heck of a lot more than that kind of stuff. That's for sure. I would have that's to say true. so. They yeah. threw one heck of a party. Yes, I'm sure they did. And I'm sure they did. You know, Misty, uh, Range, Range Media has uh, recently, I don't have to tell you this, uh, released a case study regarding uh, recent Gap campaign in broad terms. It was a uh, a non branded paid search effort, and of course, paid search has been around for a while. Uh, used to be a really hot thing, and then it kind of I don't know. I think it got rather crowded, and with Twitter starting to throw this idea around, it's back to being a hot topic. I just kind of wanted to get your take on uh, 
Oh, I don't know. You could talk a little bit in a general sense of of, of what some of your findings were for the non-paid uh, search, uh, non-branded paid search effort that you uh, did for the Gap, and then also just kind of a general sense of where we are with paid search today. Well, sure. So you know, it's it's interesting. I do think that there, to your point, a lot of people thinking, oh paid search, old news, we all know how to do it, and there are all these new things coming out, so paid search is, you know, yesterday. But, but the truth is, is that paid search is now just becoming the, the true base foundation of, of how all these other forms of media are, are being acquired, and it's the paid search and just searching in general, whether it's natural or paid, is a part of, of the way we as humans now um, bring in any information into our lives. Everybody searches for something now, and, and you, Google has done you know, an, a, an, a wonderful job of making us all think that all I have to do is, is put in two to three words and everything should be at my, my fingertips. Um, and so search is now the basis of how all media is truly being, being purchased. And we're talking display when you have the DSPs rolling out, mobile media, whether it's search or display, all of that's being bought with the same methodology of how paid search uh, is run. So paid search is, is, I guess, the grandfather in that situation, which just seems odd to say something like that. But um, if you don't have the fundamentals correct in your paid search program, you really have little to build off of to have success uh, moving forward in social. And when I say social, I'm talking Twitter, Facebook, you know, blogs, all of that, not having a strong paid search program and knowledge of how to run that, your mobile campaigns are going to be weak. Your display campaigns and coordination is all going to be very weak. Um, yeah. Specifically referencing your the GAP case study, um, there, you know, GAP is a wonderful brand to work with and, 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 and a fantastic partner and one that really pushes the limits on on not just looking at something that says, okay, this is paid search, how do my categories, are you getting the right CPC, you know, are you getting the right ad quality click-through that matters so much to Google, and, you know, do you have the right characters for Yahoo? They really want to know how to improve their paid search based on, yes, driving revenue to their own business, but, but for their end consumer. And one of the challenges that they struggled with, like many retailers, was an inventory issue and making sure that when people search, when they click through, they were going to a page that either had inventory or another another product that was comparable, and many retailers do this now anyway to some to some extent. They they know how to categorize their keywords where if it's out of stock it rolls up to a different category page, but Gap worked with us and we took it a step further where we actually built an inventory system where. Every 15 minutes, we have an update to understand their inventory levels. So we're updating all of their online digital media that we manage in 15-minute increments. Or let me say we have the ability to should that media uh, warrant that change. And so we, can, we have been able to understand through that um, if something has three products in it, three products remaining or three SKUs, that still may be okay for that product. And we may know that it'll sell out, and that's that's better for us to push that versus something that has 20 products because someone may feel that it's going to be there a while. So it's it's it, and that's not true in all cases. But we're actually able to do true inventory and um, and uh, I guess pers- it's not really persona, but what that does to the psyche on buying and where we should price those those points out. Then going into paid search, actually writing copy around that and changing our bid our bid strategy and our creative strategy based on their inventory. 
You know, we in this business, we're also consumers, and I'm curious, what, what are some examples of brands that you see out there, Misty, integrating paid search into their overall marketing strategy successfully? And they could be ranged clients, or they might be some other client that you just happen to bump into yourself as a consumer. Sure. So, you know, I would even look outside of the retail space and say things. I've seen it. Um, most marketers are getting smarter in that and, and know that they should. Not all are doing it as well, and some have really legacy teams that are divided and, and, and not doing that as well as they should. But I think everybody has the intent to. But I would say I, I think um, Reliant Energy does a great job of that, and that's an energy company, not as retail, but still business-to-consumer. Um Neiman Marcus is fantastic. Best Buy does a, a really pretty good job at that as well, too. I know that they focus a lot, and that isn't one of our clients. Um, Home Depot, also not a client, but I, I've met with their team several times, understand their business, and, and understand the, the efforts that they put into coordinating those, the, 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 the offline ads, the, the circulars. Uh, Radio Shack is another team that I know focuses heavily on, on that as well, too. Looking at what's going to be in the Sunday circular, how do you put that into the press? Um, or into, into online and digital. The Container Store, a fantastic example. Um, let's see. Did I mention Neiman Marcus already? Yes, you did. Yeah. I did. Okay. So, it, it, I mean, I could go on for days, really, about who's really focusing on it and doing it well. Um, and, and, and Miss, if I could ask you, as a consumer, when you say, when they get the wow factor going for you, what is it about, like, for example, a Neiman Marcus uh, upscale a uh, very well-known company, is certainly based uh, out of Texas and throughout the South, uh, but an, a company also that's in other markets outside of Texas. So is it the fact that you see some traditional media interfacing or inter, uh, integrated with online media and it's similar in messaging? or uh, what, what makes you get impressed when you talk about a Neiman Marcus? Yeah, sure. So I think, I think that that does impress me on the basic level when I see – you know, an ad run maybe in a magazine and the, the same images across in a display and, and, then, and then, you know, maybe again on their mobile. I think that that's fine. And, but, I, but everybody can do a basic level of that. that. That's fine. At least there I can check it off. But I'm talking about taking it really, truly to the next level. And, and an example I can give you is, is working with Estee Lauder. Um, Estee Lauder companies, they have, you know, several brands under them. And, and there's a handful, over 20, that we particularly, particularly work with. And one brand in particular is, is doing something very interesting. They, they all are, but in this example that you have a specific one, um, taking it and, and, and finding, segmenting their, their target audience and knowing where they're located and then providing different messages. Neiman Marcus does something similar. So based on, on the weather, the demographic, knowing that, that locations um, – uh, average average earnings and knowing and, and understanding which products may pertain to them more than another area and really connecting that based on IP addresses based on recent searches based on you know how how you follow them through Facebook and understanding and this is following them legally by information that they provided and, and wanting you to do let me be very clear about that um, mm. and, and understanding that and, and and coming at them in a time, uh, with messaging that they want and that you know is intriguing to them. So re-messaging. So they come to your site, they've looked at something, they, they've pointed interest at it, and then following them with that specific product again and, and letting them know that, that you know what they, they want 
versus just blasting them with a common, you know, brand type of ad. So really personalizing that message to them um, and doing that not just for the user, but by location, by demographic. If it's if it's cold here, I don't really want to see a bathing suit ad. I, it's February. I haven't sure. hit all of my, you know, after after holiday wish lists. I, I, I failed on my, you know, New Year's resolutions, and I don't want to see a bathing suit yet. So please don't remind <laughs> me of that. Fair, you know, yeah. so yeah, so know that about me. And and I think Neiman Marcus does that well. And Estee Lauder, uh, through some of the things that they've done, I can even share. It's not the Estee Lauder brand; it's one of the brands in that department. Uh, by by matching back the product from the site and, and knowing the category that these consumers have been in, they've been able to increase their um, to uh, let me say it this way: they've decreased the abandonment rate from their cart by thirty percent, thereby increasing their conversion rate out of those categories by 30%. When you uh, say that uh, they've decreased the abandonment rate, what, what do you mean by that? So so by by putting a, knowing that people go in, put things in the cart, and then uh, okay. don't end up purchasing, knowing what they put in the cart and, 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 and following that, that path and understanding, okay, they, they've come here, they've done this a couple times, they really want this face cream or they really want this hair product, but for some reason they don't, then following up, and it's not always, and this is the common misperception, is that when you retarget to people, most brands think, oh, I don't want to do that because it has to be with a, a discount message. And that's not always true. Most of the time, the remessaging works without a discount message just because it's a reminder, and it hits them at the right time, and, and you're staying connected. So by, by following those people that have the abandoned cart, we've been able to increase you know, or decrease their abandonment rate by 30%. Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, for clarifying that, we're going to take a short break here and then come back and talk to you more. Uh, Misty Locke is uh, president of uh, Range Media, Range Online Media, I should say, and chief strategic officer at iProspect. And we'll continue here in the advertising show with Raiden Brand in just a minute. Stay with us. Back on the advertising show, Ray Schillens, Brand Foresight, and Misty Locke, president. Range Online Media and Chief Strategic Officer of iProspect. Out of Fort Worth this weekend, Misty, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, we can't let you get out of here without asking you about uh, expectations for the near term on into uh, 2011. But before I do that, I'd like to ask you if we could just shift gears a little uh, for a moment and talk a little bit about user-generated content, so-called UGC. Uh, As a a marketer, a strategic person yourself, what are your thoughts on UGC? Is this something that we can expect to see brands doing more and more on into the future? Oh, you know, I think you're going to see several more brands attempting it and trying and and playing around with it. I do. I, I don't know that any brand has, uh, there are a few, Doritos, and, and I, there was another one on the Super Bowl that had, had one, and I can't recall who it is right now off the top of my head, but I think many are going to step out and, and, and try it out. Um, but it, REI, I think, is an example. If you go online and you look at their site, they, they're utilizing user-generated content in a really unique way where instead of product images being done in the shop, they're having their uh, their users actually post what the tent looks like live and, and their products. And, and I think that's a really interesting way to take user-generated content and apply it to, to e-commerce in a similar brand similar brand way that you want it to be messaged. So I do think you'll see more of it. I don't know um, to what capacity it's going to be perfected over the next year or two, um, but I, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon either. 
Well, you're in a lot of uh, different uh, service areas with your organization, Range Online Media, and I'm just curious, somebody like yourself that has a pulse on what's going on, what's hot, and where we're going in the future, can you give us a sense of what you expect to see for the near term, uh, not only in paid and search marketing, but just digital media in general? Uh, well, sure. Um, I, you know, I know everybody talks about mobile, so I'm not going to, to beat that one to death, but with purchase intent, uh, purchase intent effect right now eight times higher on mobile than online retail purchases, uh, it is an interesting debate to see when mobile Internet users will actually surpass those on desktop. It's, that's going to be an interesting play, I think, in the future. Um, more and more brands and marketers are, are really stepping out to, to figure out how to maximize the potential there. And I would say if anybody's not participating in that space, then you're missing out uh, a great deal of opportunity. Um, Let's see, a couple of other things. I think user-generated content, as you mentioned, but uh, personalization and geotargeting. I think local local advertising is 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 going to be as strong um, as, as any other mediums that we've found uh, thus far because local is local on your PC, it's local on your tablet, mobile. It's, it's, it's really targeting nationally but at a local-specific level, and so much we can do with, with local advertising. Um, especially with those that have brick-and-mortar spots. And even those that don't uh, should really look at local advertising opportunities to, to generate traffic uh, for themselves. Even even web-based companies should really think about how to geo-target and local-target consumers. So I'd sum it up. Mobile and local are probably the two areas to truly focus on uh, this year and, and, and really trying to, to capitalize on. Misty, you're doing some great work in, in both areas there, in all areas of, of, of uh, new media. President of Range Online Media, Chief Strategic Officer at iProspect. Both great companies. Check them out on the web. And uh, Misty, you've been a great guest, too. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. You guys are a lot of fun. Well, thanks. On the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsythe. Stay with us. Hope you enjoyed the uh, show today. Uh, Misty Locke, President of Range Online Media, Chief Strategic officer of iProspect has one too many jobs. I absolutely. Next week we've got a guy who's a lot of fun, Brad. We've talked to him uh, back, uh, gosh, back uh, last year. We're going to uh, get him back with us again here uh, as an encore show. Gary Vaynerchuk, director of operations of the Wine Library. Gary is not yes. only involved with that, but he's involved with a whole bunch more. And he is just uh, talk about somebody who's off the scale. Energy-wise, that's Gary. So we're going to talk to Gary next week on The Advertising Show. Tell a friend, The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit them online. We encourage you to do so at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. And we will see you next week. Thanks. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.